Several years ago, I was on sabbatical in St. Louis, and I went to a Walgreens on the south side of St. Louis. If you know anything about St. Louis, it's a curious part of town. And uh, there was a long line and, uh, of people at the cash register, and there was a, an African-American woman who just looked like the sun was rising on her face. And there was a couple guys in front, and the guy that she was waiting on uh, was trying to help her to understand the kind of cigarettes he wanted. And she wasn't quite getting, and what about this, what about this, what about this? And she was exceedingly patient. And, uh, and he was not nice. I'll just put it that way. So my time came up, and I said, oh, ma'am, you are so good to him. And I looked past her on the floor, and on her purse was this Bible that looked like it had been through the war. It was absolutely in tatters. And she said, I am so blessed. I had a tough life. But I'm so blessed. And she went on to tell me, I'm sure, just a little bit of the many things that she thought were blessings in her life. And I thought, well, it's no wonder you could deal with this lunatic at the cash register because nothing's going to take away your peace. I thought about that as we got ready for, to do the Beatitudes this weekend. And I thought about that because I don't know how often we think we're blessed. You know, oh, are you blessed? Well, you know, my marriage is a mess, or my kids drive me crazy, or I don't like my job, or we're in debt, or whatever. We have all kinds of issues. And we kind of put that as an opposite of being blessed. Obviously, God doesn't like me. <clears throat> well, in Jesus' time, that's how people thought. So if everything was going well for you, God likes you. You are successful. You have money. And there's some churches nowadays that teach this prosperity gospel, which is craziness. You know, God wants you to have an Armani suit and a Rolex watch. Golly, I don't, my Bible doesn't say that. But Jesus, when he gave this Sermon on the Mount, this talk about the Beatitudes, he took the things that were people's wounds, that were their hard parts, and he said, blessed. Blessed are you because of that. Now, I think that that's a hard thing for us, particularly in America, to think about. Because we don't look, I mean, nobody really looks at the world the way Christ does. But we look at the world in a very different way. And I read an article, uh, there was a, a, an author who suggested that, uh, that maybe the, there's a different kind of beatitudes that Americans have, you know. So, blessed are they who have money. Okay, so our, our success, our happiness is predicated on, on our wealth, okay? And, of course, the scriptures tell us the exact opposite. Your reward, your treasure is in heaven, not here. They say, well, that would be great, but I'd like to be able to pay off the farm. Uh, blessed are those who have money. Another thing about our Beatitudes in the United States is we don't want any pain, okay? We don't want any pain. And so we don't want to suffer. And we have a hard time equating or aligning our suffering with Christ. And he's, that's, our, that's our model. He didn't say, no, I don't want this. He tried to find meaning in the midst of that, that sometimes that suffering pushes us to be more dependent on God. 
So maybe sometimes having it nice and easy, we don't have to really rely too much on God because we got it handled. Another thing that is one of our Beatitudes in the country is this idea about power and success. Power and success. And so we want that. And so the scriptures tell us really that it's being detached from the world. That world's not a bad place. But we're just passing through. And so we, take, we need to take a look at that. In fact, there's one of the saints, I think it was Catherine of Siena, who said, prefer nothing. Prefer nothing. If you get it, fine. If you don't get it, fine. But prefer nothing. I, I'm not there yet, but it's something to think about. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but that's not us. We, we kind of, we want to get what we want and we want to be content. So there's no longing in our life. We, we, we want what we want and we want it right now and if we get this, then that means I'm going to be content. And so there's no, there's no longing for that which is coming because we got everything we need right now. Another one of our Beatitudes is we want pleasure no matter what. Now, not just sexual pleasure, but, but we want to be entertained. We want, even if it's at the expense of others, happy and fun, happy and fun. That's what life's all about. And it really is sometimes how we use people as a means to an end. Another one that's really rampant in our culture is we always want to be winners. We have to compete against everything. We have to compete against everything. Conquer everyone. Might makes right. And of course, the scriptures fly in the face of that <clears throat> and talk about peace. And sometimes we have to be at war with war. It's not always about competing. We've all had situations where we've, we've uh, <clears throat> lost the fight but won the battle or won the battle and lost the fight. It's those kinds of decisions that we make in our lives. Besides that, we always want to be winners. We want to be loved and accepted by the world, whether it's right or wrong. We want to be thought well of. We want people to praise us. We want to have that kind of uh, uh, affection, that kind of accolades in our lives. And all these things, <coughs> excuse me, all these things are kind of diversions from what the scriptures tell us. Think about this for a minute. Only people who are really, really passionate about being good and only people who are really, really passionate about being evil, they're the ones that get killed. Wishy-washy people who not really committed, they kind of wander through life, they're really not a threat. And the three scripture readings that we had this weekend just give us some things to think about. And the first reading that we had from Zephaniah, only time we hear about it uh, during this cycle. He says, I will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lowly who will take refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. So one of the things that us as being people of faith will be is we will always be a remnant. We're not going to be the mainstream if we're doing what we're doing. So if our churches are full, but they're full of people who are just like everybody else. They're really not worth much. But if they're full of people or even half full of people or even a quarter full of people who are committed, that's a different thing. So Christians are always going to be the remnant. We're not going to be in the mainstream. 
theoretically, because we're going to make a lot of mainstream people nervous in the service. Second reading that we had from Paul to the Corinthians <laughs> reminds us, I mean, Paul had to be smiling when he said this. You remember your own calling. Not many of you are wise by human standards. Thank you very much. What's our call? God chose the foolish, the weak, the lowly, those who are nothing to reduce to some, nothing, those who are something. That's us. Not the strong, the sleek, the powerful. He chooses us. And that should make us feel good. Because most of the time we don't think that we're very blessed. And then that brings it then to this gospel today of the Beatitudes. And so really, when you have sorrow in your life, when you have challenge in your life, that can be a blessing. Not because God gives it to you, but because you are convicted in your heart that no matter what happens to you, God can turn it into a blessing. If we keep it on ourselves and we stew about it and, and catastrophize about things and make it about ourselves, we will be miserable. That's not hard to do. Being miserable is easy to do. But if we say, God, I cannot handle this. Somehow you need to help me through this. Somehow you have to help me have meaning through this. Somehow you need to give me the strength to do this. So blessed are you when you mourn and when you're persecuted and when people insult you and they think that you're a crazy. It's a blessing. <coughs> it's a blessing. Anybody who is well acquainted with the AA program knows that the very rock bottom first step is admitting that you're powerless. And I need something greater than myself to restore my sanity. That's the spiritual principle. But we live in a culture that kind of makes it think that, by God, I got this handled and I can gut it up and I can be really strong and tough. You can cut my leg off with a chainsaw and it won't bother me at all. You don't need God then. You don't need God. Go to a support group or go have a bunch of friends or go, uh, belong to some civil organization, but you don't need God if you got it handled. But I don't know anybody who has it handled all on their own who thinks they're going to get to heaven. <laughs> not going to happen. So I'm not saying ignore your issues. I'm not saying no matter what happens, don't worry, be happy. But what I am saying is that the reward is not for now. The reward is for later on. And if that woman at the Walgreens is any indication with that Bible that, that just looked like it had been worn and worn and worn and worn, it's no wonder she could work in that neighborhood and be the way she was because nothing was going to take her peace away. Something to think about early in the year. Our calling is not to be it in this life, but our calling is to make it in the next life. And so like one day when I got done working for one of the nuns, and I thought I'd at least get a piece of candy, she said, John, rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven. Thanks, sister. <laughs>